Good morning. Truly, we are thankful for your being here this morning. As Andre alluded to earlier, it's certainly good to see the Shears with us today. It's good to see Brother David with us. I want to just run up and hug him today, but I didn't want to hurt him or anything. Uh, but, but it's always, always good to see those who haven't been here in a while who are with us today. Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and do with them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and do with them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And our Lord said, and great was the fall of it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3, Paul says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In verse number 4, Paul says, Whom the God of this world have blinded their eyes. Now, there is on certain occasions where Satan himself will blind our eyes. But on this occasion in Matthew chapter 7, verse 26 and 27, where our Lord talks about this foolish man. Our Lord doesn't say that the devil has blinded his eyes. Our Lord says this man, he looked at the teachings of Jesus. He looked at everything our Lord has to say about salvation. He turned and he walked the other way. Jesus says of that man, he's foolish. When you consider Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1 where our Lord begins preaching or teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon, he talks about how he is the foundation, how he is the bread of life. Again, John 10 and John 15 talks about that as well. But in Matthew chapter 5, 1 to verse number 12, he gives us what we know to be the Beatitudes. Blessed are the men which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 5, verse 12, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and, say, and shall say all men of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. He talks about in verse number 13 to verse number 15 how we are to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and ultimately glorify our Father which is in heaven. We talked about last Sunday morning in Matthew chapter 6 verse number 19. There our Lord says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures upon heaven where neither moth nor rust doth, not cor doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In this sermon, our Lord is teaching, and he's instructing us on many different things. In Matthew chapter 7, in verse, the verses leading up here to verse number uh, 21, where we're going to find our text this morning, our Lord says something here in Matthew chapter 7 and around verse number 21. He says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And many will say in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have we not cast out devils? Lord, I have my credentials. And then our Lord will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity. Now we have two men before us this morning. Jesus says you have two individuals. He says one of these men are wise. Last Sunday night we gave you a few, a few reasons as to why this man is wise. Number one, this man is wise because he built on he who is eternal. He built on he who is all-powerful. And Jesus says there is also 
a second man. You see, when you build on Jesus, you are wise. When you build on he who know more than you do, you are wise. But Jesus says there's always this group of people who decide not to build on him. Now, the interesting thing is this morning, Jesus is not going to force you to build your life on him. When you read the Bible, God has given us enough evidence. God has given us enough substance to, to, to show us why we should build on him. But there are always those who like to do what they want to do. Jesus says, oh, those people, they are foolish. But why are they foolish this morning? The Bible has so much to say about individuals who are foolish, and it's amazing sometimes because as we read our Bibles and as we study our Bibles, we look up and we have a lot of opinions about the God that we serve. But you know what? God has some opinions about us as well. And when God looks down at us, God says, a person who will listen to my word, a person who will heed my instructions, God says, that's a wise individual. But he says, a person who will read and study their Bible and go the other way, our Lord says of that man, he is foolish. Before we begin, before we begin this morning, I want to look at with you, what does the Bible have to say about the foolish? Now, again, these are just a few verses compared to everything the Bible has to say about the foolish. In Ecclesiastes 12 and verse number 2, Solomon says, The heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. The Bible here says in Proverbs 1, verse 22, a fool, they hate knowledge. Second of all, fools, they take no pleasure in understanding Proverbs 18, 22. Verse number two, he says that the foolish, they enjoy wicked schemes. They proclaim follies. They are quick temper. They mock at sin. They are deceitful. And then he says of fools, they just ultimately say there is no God. Psalm 14, verse 1. How can a person look at everything, all the proofs, everything God has given us to find him? How can a person see all of that and their conclusion is there is no God? When you go outside, when you look at the stars, when you look at the moons, and a person looks at that and say there is no God, that person is foolish. The Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5 and following, and also Psalm chapter 8. David goes outside one day, Psalm 8, verse 8. David says, God, what is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou would visit as him? David said, God, of all the great and glorious things you have created, man is the crowning achievement, if you will, of God's creation. But not only that, fools hate instruction. Proverbs 1, verse 7, we'll notice that as we go throughout the lesson this morning. Second of all, fools are full of words. You ever find yourself talking to a person? And they know everything about the subject that's before you. In school growing up, we called them a know-it-all, a person that just knows everything. You're a know-it-all. It's difficult to talk to a know-it-all. Why? Because in their mind, they believe they know everything. But how are you going to tell someone or talk to someone about a subject you know nothing of? And when it comes to the subject of God, I believe God knows more about himself than we think we know about the God that we're serving. And if God says, a person who looks at me, who understands me, who serves me, God said, that is a wise person. But why is the man foolish this morning? First of all, the man is foolish because he is self-deceived. In James chapter 1 and verse number 22, James says, but let's not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer. Then he says, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man who beholdeth his natural face in a glass. 
For he beholdeth his face, he goeth his way, and straightway forget what manner of man he was. Let's go through it again. James says, let's not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer. Let's not just talk about it. James says, let's be about it. James says, a man who looks into the perfect law of liberty. James says, a man who looks into the mirror, he sees he needs to change. He goes out the exact way he came in. James says, that man is deceived. Before we leave the house, what's one of the last things we do? We look in the mirror. Have to make sure we're okay for worship. Have to make sure everything is right before we go and be amongst people, before we go to work, whatever the situation is. James says, a person who looks in that. Now, the mirror is only going to reflect what's in there. <laughs> and so the mirror is only going to show us what, what we show the mirror. James says, in turn of the word of God, James says, when you look into the word of God, the word of God is only going to show you what you're showing the word of God, that is. James in, one verse, James in chapter 1, verse 25, James says, well, whoso look at that word, I, I love that word, look at there, that's the Greek word parakupto. James says, well, whoso will stoop down, John 24 and 5. When Peter outran John to the sepulcher, the Bible says, and he's stooping down, same word, and looking in. James says, well, whoso will stoop down, take a real investigative look into the word of God, James says, that man will be blessed as a result of that. How can you look into the mirror, look Look into the word of God and leave out the way you came in. James says that man is deceived. James says that man has no understanding of what it is he's doing. Again, James says, but whoso will looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein. Him being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, James says that man shall be blessed in his deed. When you read the word of God, and the word of God is, crying out to you to change your life, to live more like Jesus and less like the way you want to live. When a person knows that, when a person understands that, when a person reads that and interprets that, and they go out as if they just had not read, James says they're deceiving themselves. You ever tried to convince yourself of something that you know is already wrong? Well, I know it's not that bad, but I know it's wrong. And next thing you know, we're coming up with all these slogans and all these catchphrases as to why we should not be doing things. It's only a little white lie. It's not a whole lie, but it's still lying, right? And so we come up with these things in our minds to justify what it is we're doing. James says, when you look into the word of God and you go back, James says, you're self-deceived. Or James says, you're only deceiving yourselves. One of the people in the Bible who, was, who fell to this self-deception was that of Samson. The Bible talks about how Samson, how he was a good-looking young man and how he was able to pick up bars and do all these great things. And the Bible says Delilah constantly tried to get him to reveal, Samson, where's your strength lies? And the Bible says that ultimately Samson told her. We read about another man in 1 Samuel chapter 17, that being Goliath. Goliath thought no one could stand up to him. Goliath said, I have been fighting from my youth. And here you have a young boy by the name of David. Here you have all of David's brothers, all of Saul's army, and they won't even go out and fight. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David said, I have fought lions, I have fought tigers, I have fought bears with God on my side. David said, Goliath is just the next man up. 
And with God on my side, David was able to go out and he was able to win against Goliath. Sometimes self-deceptions. Again, Gideon, Judges chapter 6, we noticed that a while back as well. Sometimes we try to deceive ourselves. And the Bible says, Christ says, a man who tries to do that, Christ says that man is foolish. But second of all, what else can we find? He is foolish because he is forgetful. Again, James says, a man that looks into the mirror, looks into the word of God, he sees the places where he needs to change. And he decides to go back out as if the mirror just did not reveal to him what he needed to change. All of us, we need to change. In certain areas of our lives, that is. Marlon Nelkins, one of my teachers at school, he always had a phrase, the biggest room in my life is the room for improvement. There are always areas in our lives which we, for, where which we can get better at. And Jesus looks at this man, and Jesus says, this man is forgetful. Notice the text again this morning. Again, the Bible says, Therefore, ever whoso hear these sayings of mine and do with them not, I will liken him unto a, wise, a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, for it was founded upon the sand. But the emphasis here, again, in verse number 26, and everyone that hear these sayings of mine and do with them not. The implication there is he knew the sayings of our Lord. He knew what our Lord had told him to do, but he forgot. In Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 to verse number 10, Isaiah is causing them or he's wanting them to remember. Isaiah says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Israel's, well, one of, they had a lot of problems, but one of their problems is that they had what we should call sometimes spiritual amnesia. Oh, we know God has done X, Y, and Z for us. But in their minds, for some reason, they constantly did what God told them not to do. They were forgetful. The Bible records for us over in Genesis chapter 19, of course, we read about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says that God clearly gave Lot some instructions as they are leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Lot gave that instruction to his family as well. And the Bible says in Genesis 19, beginning with verse 21, And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, and I will not overthrow this city. The Bible says here in verse number 22, Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. Verse 23 says, Genesis 19, the sun was risen upon the earth, and Lot entered into Zor. Verse 25, the Bible says, and God, he overthrew those cities and all the plain, and the inhabitants of the city, that which grew unto the ground. But his wife looked back and became from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. She too forgot of what was being instructed or what was being given to them. Third of all, he's foolish because he trusts in himself. Let's turn over to Proverbs chapter 1 this morning. In the book of Proverbs, again, Solomon gives us a logical, practical application for all different things in life. But in Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon instructs us on the importance of heeding and the importance of listening to instruction. In Proverbs chapter 1, in verse number 5, 
Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 5, Solomon says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning. Solomon says a wise person, a person who wants to be right with God, that person is willing to allow themselves to be instructed or to allow themselves to be taught. He says, a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Here's a question. Why should we listen to God? Because he knows more than we do. And if God knows more than we do, and God says, if you listen to me, God says, if you do that, you're wise. And God looks at us, and God says, a person who has all of this instruction, they go out. God says, that man is foolish. Why do we listen to our parents growing up? Because they care about us. They're wise. They know more about life than we do. And who knows more about the life that we're living than the God that we serve? Solomon says here in verse number six, to understand the proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Solomon says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. No way would I want my God to call me a fool. But when I reject the teachings of God, the conclusion is that I'm a fool. In 1 Kings chapter 12, when Rehoboam is king, the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse number 1, stay in, stay in, stay in, stay in Proverbs 1. In 1 Kings 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Then Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel were come to Shechem to make him king. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it, for he was fled from the presence of the king Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt. The Bible says that there sent and called him and Jeroboam, and all the congregation of Israel came and spake unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now therefore make thou the grievous service of thy father, and heavy yoke which he put upon is lighter, and we shall serve thee. Verse 6, the Bible says, And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before with Solomon his father while he yet lived and said, How do ye advise that I answer this people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and will serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. Here you have on this occasion Rehoboam, he needs some advice. And so he goes and he talks to the old, the, the wise men who've been around a very long time. In fact, the text says these are the same wise men who helped his father, that being Solomon. And the Bible says that he decided in verse number 10, for he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer the people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put for us lighter. And the young men that were grown up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people. You find that phrase, and the people that were grown up with him three different times in the text. Now reading this, I'm saying, well, why did the Holy Spirit put that in there? Because I believe he's showing us that the people he grew up with didn't know more about life than he did. Here you have him going to these older men. He's getting advice. He's getting wise counsel, understanding. And the Bible says that, yeah, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to go talk to my contemporaries. I want to go see what they have to say. 
And the Bible says here in verse 13, And the king answered the people roughly and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him. Now, I'm sure these old men, they heard about this, and they're looking around saying, You know what? He is foolish for not listening to us. Not because we're so great, but because we're giving him some practical life advice. Young people, I have been there. All of us have been there. We get to that phase in our life where we think we know everything about life. It's easy to be that way and it's easy to live that way, but I'm telling you, God has designed life in such a way where we don't have to make the same mistakes our parents and our grandparents made. All we have to do is go humble ourselves and ask for some advice. To go humble ourselves and ask him, hey, what do you think about this situation? Here you have the king over God's people. He goes and he makes a great decision. Let me go talk to the older man first. But foolishly, he decides to go talk to his contemporaries who don't know much more about life than he does. And the Bible says here in verse 14, and spake to them after the counsel of the young man saying, and ultimately when he did that, that was his downfall. Going back over to Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 7, Solomon says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they should be an ornament of grace upon thy head, chains about thy neck. My, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us. Let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us shallow them alive as the grail and hole, as those that go down into the pit. Why, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 25, why is he wise? Because he listens to Jesus. In John chapter 6, when our Lord was preaching to the multitudes and, the, and he was teaching and talking about them, how if you eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, how you'll live forever. And the Bible says, they said, this is a hard saying. Who then can hear this? And the Bible says many of those disciples, they decided to, to walk no more with him. He turns to the 12, we also go away. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Notice this phrase, thou hast the words of eternal life. We believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. A person who sees that and rejects that, again, the Bible says he is foolish. We cannot save ourselves. If we could save ourselves, if humanity could save themselves, don't you think we would have figured that out by now? Man cannot save themselves from what we get ourselves into. This man decides to trust in himself, and the Bible says because of that, the man in Matthew chapter 7 is because of that, he's foolish. But notice else what we learned this morning. He's foolish because he disobeys God. If you drop down in Proverbs chapter 1 to verse number 7, Solomon says, Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse in the openings of the gates. In the city, she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. There is a big difference between can't and won't. Growing up, parents tried to encourage us, you can do it. I know you can do it. But it's a altogether a different situation when a young person folds their arms together, sits down, and say, No, sir, no, ma'am, I'm not going to do anything you tell me to do. 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 23, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known the words unto you. When a person disobeys the gospel, when a person disobeys the word of God. Now, again, there are certain situations for certain times, and I understand that, when a person's heart is really in it and they just don't understand, but that's another sermon for another day. But when a person understands, when a person knows what they have to do to be right with God, a person sees that they leave out. God says that person is foolish. When you look at the world, church, life is already hard enough. And the fact that people decide to live this life separate and apart from Jesus, I don't know what they do. I don't know how they comfort themselves at funerals, but Christians, man, we have some hope. We know that this earth and this body, 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 1, is going to de decay, is going to be destroyed. But, hey, we walk by faith and not by sight. We know 1 Corinthians 15, the great resurrection, God is going to give us a new body. People who have no hope, people who look at the word of God and reject it, people who know what the Bible has to say and completely go out, God says that person is foolish. This morning in our Bible class in the back, we talked about, you know, Bible basics around the idea, first of all, the existence of God. It's amazing sometimes how people come up with all different reasons as to uh, trying to disapprove that God exists. But you know what I've come to realize? They're foolish. Psalm 14, verse 1, the food has said in his heart there is no God. To see everything God has created, to look at that and say a God did not create that, that's foolish. But not only that, he's foolish because he uh, disobeys God. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, pretty much that entire chapter there, God talks about the, uh, the cursings for those who uh, disobey and for those who reject his word and reject his teaching. But he's also foolish this morning, and such a position has a certain end. When you look at verse number 25 in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24 says, Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But when ye have set aside or set at naught all my counsel and with none of my reproof, I will also laugh at your calamities. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh unto you. It's almost as if God is stretching his hand out to humanity. And God is telling humanity, if you take my hand, I'll save you. How foolish is it for people to reject the one who's trying to save them? When you do lifeguard training, it's interesting because there, there are two ways to save a person from drowning. Either you throw a buoy, which is normally the most embarrassing one. It's interesting because that when you're trying to save someone from drowning and you throw the buoy out to them, they're so, I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's, it's, it's almost as if they're trying to save themselves on their own strength when you don't have to do that. And so as lifeguards, you have to wait till the person's strength just completely goes down. Then you have to go down there and get them and save them. It's almost as if God is constantly reaching his hand out to save us. And people are trying to paddle and save themselves. 
if there was a way for you to save yourself, that would have already been done. But again, you cannot save yourself on your own strength, on your own efforts. But thankfully that God gives us some instruction on the matter. Now, the Bible says also here in this text, in verse number 26 through 27, you see the word when three times. Now, the, the text will read different if the word if was there. The word if carries with it conditional. It may be or it may not be. But the word here is when. That word carries with it a certainty. God says, when your fear cometh as a desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when there is a certainty, distress and anguish will come unto you when a person disobeys and they disrespect the word of God. Why did the foolish man house fall? If his house would have stayed, that would have made God a liar. And so his house has to fall for God to be right. But the text also says in Proverbs 1 and 28, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hate of knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel and despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearketh unto me shall dwell safely and be quiet from the fear of evil. Let's notice some application this morning. First of all, he must fail because God cannot be mocked. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7. Church, this man denied the teachings of Christ. His only end was going to fall. Sometimes people read and study the Bible, and they want God to make exceptions for them. Well, surely God is going to make an exception for me or for my loved one because, hey, it's me. But this man, that didn't happen for him. Second of all, if he succeeds, God will be untrue. Again, we have a wise man and we have a foolish man. The wise man, the Bible says, the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon his house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. The Bible says of that foolish man, he's in the same storm as the wise man, but because their foundation is not the same, because one man's foundation is founded upon Jesus and one man's foundation is founded upon himself. And it's almost as if we have 1 Kings chapter 18 going on. You talk to your God and I talk to my God, and we'll see which God is going to reign supreme. And here you have Elijah saying, well, call out to your God. Maybe he's asleep. And Elijah called out to the God of heaven one time, and fire from heaven came down. This man's certainty had to fall, or his foundation, that is, had to fall. But second of all, he's rejecting the way and going his own way. Thankfully, today, we have these GPS systems on our phones and in our cars, and so uh, we don't get lost as much as we used to. But spiritually speaking, a lot of people today are lost, and they think they are headed into the right direction. But how can you be headed into the right direction if that direction never takes you to our Lord? John 14, verse 6, Christ says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. 
Thomas said, Lord, how can we know the way and where is the way? Christ says again in verse number six, no man goes to the Father except by me or except through me. The only way to get to God is through his son. But if your foundation is not Jesus, you're, fi- you're already starting off wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 9, Paul says, For we are all laborers together. Verse number 10, according to the grace of God, he says, I have laid the foundation. Verse number 11, can other foundation, can no man lay than that which is uh, Jesus Christ. Again, John 14, verse 6. Third of all, he's rejecting the truth and believing a lie. In Proverbs chapter 1, 24, again, to verse number 27, Christ says, well, Solomon says, when, again, that word carries with it a certainty. When you disobey God, when you reject the teachings of God, when you listen to what the Bible has to say and you walk out, Solomon says, that man has an end. It's going to be destruction. I've heard the teachings of Jesus. I know what I have to do to be saved. I know what I have to do right, to to, to be right with God. But I don't want to do that. I want to live the way I want to live. That's foolish. God has designed life in such a way where you don't have to walk around blind, closing your eyes spiritually, spiritually speaking, to what he has to say. God has made every effort to reveal himself to us, which brings us to the next point. God has given us evidence to find him. Again, you have two men, one wise and one foolish. They both are working with the same evidence or the same facts. Now, when you read Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, you have all these things our Lord is talking to us and teaching us about. And Christ says a man who hears all of that, who sees all of that, who understands all of that, and decides not to build on Jesus, that's foolish. How can we have all this evidence in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7, again, verse number 19, don't lay up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. Why is that? For where your treasure is, verse 21, there will your heart be also. We build on Jesus, and we continue to do that. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5, Peter says, and beside all this, add, lay these things side by side. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temper, and so on and so forth, taking us down to love. We continue to build and add those things uh, in our lives. But again, God has given us evidence. The entire Bible, God has given us evidence uh, to find him. Number six, again, is foolish to hear the word and reject it. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 7. Number seven, when God is rejected, the end is certain. Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and doeth them not, verse number 26 and 27, I will liken him unto a foolish man. Again, the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. That house, his only, his, his only conclusion was that it was going to fail. Church, if you're, not, if you're not building on Jesus, your house is going to fall too. Again, that being your life uh, is, what he ta- is what he's talking about there. Number eight, one built on Jesus and he was saved, and one built on himself and it was his downfall. I don't know much about building houses or building any structure for that matter. But what I do know is, as I talked about last Sunday night, when they build things, you have to go into the ground and you have to make sure the foundation is solid. You have to make sure... Again, they spend more time on the foundation sometimes than they actually do on the actual structure itself. 
Why do they spend so much time on the foundation? Because if something ever breaks or cracks in the foundation, the whole building is going to come down. Same thing is true with our spiritual lives. Why do we spend so much time going back to the Bible, back to the basis? Why do we spend so much time talking about marriage and the family? Because if the foundation is not solid, then everything else is going to crumble. Everything else is going to fall down. The foundation has to be solid. And again, one man built on Jesus, and he was saved, and one man built on himself, and that was ultimately his downfall. Why do I build on Jesus? Because Jesus knows everything. Why should I not build on Josh? Or why you should not build on yourself? We serve the one who knows more than we do. Later on in the book of Matthew, it's, it's interesting. In Matthew chapter 19, when you talk about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, I like to believe that God knows more about marriage than we do. I like to believe God knows more about foundation than we do. I like to believe God knows more about everything the book, of, uh, the book of Matthew talks about than we do. And if God knows more than we do, why should we not just bow down to the one who knows everything? But here's a suggestion. If you don't want to build on Jesus, if you don't want to build your foundation upon the rock, you go out, you create a world, you come up with a scheme of redemption, a plan of salvation, you come up with all these different prophecies. You say, well, Josh, I can't do that. I know you can't. <laughs> so how about we just bow down to the one who has already done that, that being the God that we serve. And no way would I want my God to call me foolish. But when I reject his teachings, when I look at the word of God and go the other way, I'm foolish. But that doesn't have to be you this morning. Again, you have two men in the same storm, and God says of the one who decided to build on him, he was a wise man. Why do we listen to those who know more than we do? Because they're wise. They know more than we do. And Jesus says, Solomon says as well, you must be willing to hear and increase in learning. Well, first of all, you have to become a Christian. In Romans 10 17, Paul says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you read the book of Acts, it talks about conversions from cover to cover, how an individual, how after they heard the teachings, how they believed, confessed Christ, repented of their sins, and then ultimately how they were baptized. And Acts chapter 8, one of my favorite conversions here, here you have a man in the desert reading about our Lord. Again, if our Lord can find a man in the desert, he can find you in Lakeland, Florida. Here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? The preacher said, if you believe with all your heart you made. That man said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He didn't wait till first Sunday, as the world says. He didn't wait till Easter Sunday, as the world says. The Bible says that man that day, he was baptized for the forgiveness of his sins. The Spirit of the Lord called the preacher away, but the eunuch, he went on his way rejoicing. That can be you this morning. But becoming a Christian is not the end it's only the beginning. In our bulletin article this week, we talked about how Christianity is not for the faint of heart. In Luke chapter 14 and verse number 26 and following, Jesus says, If a man hate not, Matthew 10 is well, hate not his father or mother more than me, he's not worthy of me. Christ says, What man goes to build a house? He understands he doesn't have enough material. Jesus says, Of that man, he did not count up the cost. 
or what man goes to war with a few thousand, goes to fight him who has 10,000. Christ says, that man did not count up the cost. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to count the cost. But I would rather go through life with my Lord than go through it without him. Peter says, if any man suffer as a Christian, 1 Peter 4, verse 16, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. There may be some here this morning who need prayers. 1 John 1, verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We will stumble sometimes, but we get back up. 1 John 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a wise man and there's a foolish man. And God leaves it up to us which one we're going to be. If we can help you this morning, we invite you to come while we stand and while we sing.